morning, ghostly listeners. You've got Jake here, and I've got my co-ghostess with the mostest, June Nixon here. Hello, everyone. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> and I'm well caffeinated. Uh, <laughs> good, good, good. Um, so today, folks, we're going to go back to our roles in a ghost hunting team, and the topic is the paranormal technical manager and what they do on an investigation and all that good fun stuff. Awesome. You know, today, I think I'm going to switch around and ask you the questions. What? We can also both discuss this, but I think I should ask you these questions since you might be a little teeny bit techier than me. (laughs) (laughs) Just a teeny bit. Yeah, I got some gadgets. (laughs) Just a little, just a little. Now, no, don't get me wrong, because I love gadgets, too. But, you know, it's it's even better when there's somebody talking that actually knows more about them than I do. A mm. lot more. <laughs> not even, you know, we won't even beat around the bush about that. So, so uh, I will say my resolution this year was to cut back on how many gadgets I bring on a ghost hunt. So... <laughs> That's so hard because you're just thinking, I'm going to get to that ghost hunt. And then all of a sudden I'm going to think, oh, I should use my, you know, ion detector. It's like, oh, shoot. I didn't bring it because I didn't think we need it this well, one. And then it's like, ah. Uh. Yeah. So let's, let me do a plug for previous episodes. When we talked about the case manager investigator uh, duties, we talked about the tech manager needing to know about the walkthrough and the haunting details. Because right. you've got to bring the gear to collect the data for those hauntings. So if you don't know, you got to come with a van full of gadgets. Exactly. That's true. That's true. So, so that's why <clears> I'm like, you need to tell me shit, girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they're seeing shadow people and if they're here or if they're only seeing shadow people, they're never hearing anything, you know, things like that. You need to really focus on the cameras a lot more. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So, yes, I agree. But, uh, but no, okay, I mean, okay, Jake. What? Okay. Go ahead. I was just going to say, well, what does a tech manager do? Oh, okay. Well, thank you for asking. Mm -hmm. Um, So everyone I talk to, they all want to be technical managers, and that's because of the gadgets. But (laughs) with it, so it's a really sought-after role, but not every team is, first off, not every team is big enough to have a dedicated technical manager. Okay. Right. So with our team, a ghost, the advanced ghost hunters of Seattle, Tacoma, there's a lot of people. So this is a case where, yes, I would say you need a technical manager simply because of the number of people that come on investigations and we do have a van load of gear. Right. Um, but overall, what a tech manager does is they maintain all the equipment that we use on the team, make sure it's working properly. They'll train people on how to use it as well. They have to know how to open up the gadgets and fix them if so, mm-hmm. I mean, it helps to know a little thing, so, you know, some electrical engineering here, guys, uh, <clears> simply because <throat> you might have to get the screwdriver out and connect wires, okay? Things happen. And it's not like it's not like me when something goes wrong and then I just buy a new one. <laughs> yeah, because some <laughs> of the gear is important. But that's one of the right. other big things about being the technical manager is you will scan the gadget environment, which means you'll see what other teams are making you know, what's even on the shows, because the shows are a great way to learn about new gear. Right. Because they exactly. do have people making gear for them. But also anything just... Anything else, yeah. Yeah, and Definitely looking at the, the trends gear. in the field to see what kind of gadgets are being made to help record ghostly phenomena and make a buying decision about 
if you're going to use it for the team, what it measures, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, let's be real. Most of the gear we use is really made for home and garden. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. Yeah, there's very <laughs> totally few true. true ghosty uh, detecting gear out there. And if it is, it usually has a bias to saying you do have a ghost. But a technical manager, just think you're the person that will look at the experiments that the lead investigator wants to do, what kind of gadgets you'll use to record that phenomenon. Getting right. the data off the gear and to whoever's going to analyze it, maintain the equipment, store the equipment, bring the equipment. Right. <clears throat> That's true. So true. And trains so, people. Um, trains people on the yes, equipment. Can't and definitely. And see how to use this. And so you mm -hmm. see them holding their EMF detector upside, I mean, you know, the wrong way. <laughs> you know, have, I have up. seen that. <laughs> Excuse me. I have to tell you how to use this now. I'm like, come here. <laughs> you, apparently you didn't take the certification test. Come here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my gear. So, Give me my gear back. <laughs> so should a tech manager be involved in the walkthrough? I don't think they have to. Um, okay. So it really the case manager and the investigator are there scanning it. Really the, the big thing is they do the run through, collect some basic information about the haunting. And from there, and working with the lead investigator, if they choose to take the case, you'll, you'll bounce experiment ideas off, off of each other. And from that, you can come to a conclusion about what kind of gadgets you want to bring. That's true. And I would say leave it at that. And that's mainly because when, if the team is big enough and the area is big enough as a technical manager, and this is one of the, the drawbacks to being one, and I'm a firm believer in this actually, you don't investigate mm. because you have to worry about the next experiment resetting. The so gear, that was, all that, that was going to be my next question about what uh, should a tech manager do during the investigation? Yeah. So, so it, it is perfectly fine to, like hang back at base camp or whatever, work on the gear for the next one, maybe move the data files off of the equipment to some kind of external hard drive and stuff for the evidence analysts, um, setting up the cameras and stuff. That And like I said, though, if you're just doing like an 1,800 square foot cabin in the woods or something like that, <laughs> you know, I, I would say the tech manager, there's not going to be too many crazy experiments going on there and stuff you need to set up. But if you're going to be at a location like a huge one, like let's just talk about Spooked in Seattle, the underground, where you've got any four of big, big areas that you have to run different tests in. Um, the tech manager should be running around and helping set up and make sure everything is performing as expected. Mm -hmm. If, you know, you're going to do your grandma's condo in Florida, no. I, right. You know. <laughs> so it, it's going to be based on what's, what's going on. But I'm a firm believer in the technical manager staying out of the investigation. Okay, very good. Like, So who reviews the data collected on all the gadgets? So really, the technical manager's role here is going to be to make sure that the data was captured first and foremost, and then transferring it over for an evidence analyst to check out. So let's just say the SD card fills up, you swap it out, you take that SD you move it to the hard drive or you put it on the cloud, wherever wherever you're going to store your stuff like that. Make sure it's labeled correctly and then put that chip back in the device, clear it, put that chip back in the device and get it back out in the field. 
Um, so it's only to make sure there was a proper recording of the data, but not to actually review for evidence recorded okay. on that meeting. Well, so I was wondering that if uh, if a manager review does they re do they review the data or select what gets presented? Yeah, nope, not not at all. So I, I am a oh. firm believer that this is where evidence analysts come in because usually they're specialized. They know how to do the images. They know how to do the video. They knew how to do the audio and stuff like that. And with the evidence analysts, they have to know how to do the cutting of videos and image manipulation and audio editing and stuff like that. Tech manager, stay out of it. You it, Maybe you want to make sure that you formatted the cards to work with that technology or with the device, but stay out of the evidence review. <clears throat> so I would assume too that the tech manager would not present findings to the clients. Most cases I would agree with that. If the client, if you're testing out new gear and stuff and the client wants to know how it worked. No, oh, that's a good idea. I, I would say in that case, yes. But really, if it's the evidence is really you got an EVP, here's a short clip from a video, um, I would say no. In the case of the Eddie Plus, because not every team <coughs> has that now, and that's the thing that used the graphing software. This, this might be one exception is with the Eddie Plus because it's kind of new where it does all the environmental scanning. Right, and it's got some right. crazy visualizations. I still think that belongs with the evidence analyst, but you might need to explain how the data was collected and how to interpret the findings and stuff. But like I said, I would prefer to have the evidence analyst trained to do that. And a tech manager should only be there if there's a new gadget that might be hard to understand. Mm, good. So how long would you say it takes to become a tech manager? Ooh. Now, this you can have, there's no clear-cut answer. And I would say it depends on the level of tech that you're using on the ghost hunt. Mm. So if True. it's just digital recorders, a digital thermometer, and your basic melmeter, I don't even know if you need a tech manager if that's what you're, if that's what you're right. using. Um, because the tech changes, and it's no, not so much with the ghost hunting gear itself like we we maybe every three years there's a, a new gadget out there that's really interesting like the gs2 laser grid i would say that is a really good one that's come out um and the eddy plus as well because that one keeps getting updated every few years by the manufacturer and stuff um, i would say the tech manager is going to spend more time with changes in video equipment like and cameras that you need to keep up with um, so it could be anywhere I would say from like six months and it could be as high as three years. If it's going, mm. if you're going to make custom gadgets, this is kind of an apprenticeship and you're doing this all the time and it could take longer for that because you got to know how to put the boards in and solder stuff right. and all that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. But if you're kind of like me and really I'm not going out and making fresh new gear all the time, I'm just reviewing new equipment, um, and, you know, seeing if it's something we would use on the term and trying to debunk the device, essentially, because some devices right. are just garbage. Right, uh, and right. And you're taking <laughs> your money. Um, 
Yeah, I wish yeah. I could give you a really <laughs> good one. I would that. say, you know, if it's if you're just doing the basics, I don't even think you need a paranormal tech manager, okay? Right, If right. you're doing some really advanced stuff with custom uh, gadgets being made, it could go as high as five years. Right. Well, um, yeah, and too, and setting up all the cameras, taking uh -huh. down the cameras, yeah. everything like that. So, yeah. Yes, because you have, you have to know. It's like it's almost like you're the audiovisual guy at your job, right? <laughs> Right. Yeah. You got to make sure all the gadgets are talking together, they're displaying correctly. Um, yeah. And when you change tech, it could take some time to get used to the new camera. I, I will say with cameras, though, especially if you're doing video camcorders, um, pretty much which once you get the lowdown of one of them, it's pretty easy to use the others. That's true. And the other thing is I prefer to use certain brands because the learning curve with each new iteration isn't as high. But I will say... If you're using Canon, Sony, Sony's, and Panasonic's for for your video gadgets and camera gadgets, they're all pretty similar from like the menus and the settings because apertures mm -hmm. are apertures, frame rates are frame rates. Mm -hmm. um, so as long as you know that stuff, the other thing is you know it, it comes to the sensitivity of the microphones that you're going to use and how you record audio. I find there's more changes in the audio space for paranormal ghost hunting than other parts mm -hmm. of the field um i agree and maybe the environmental scanners but right now like at the upper end it's the eddie plus and the gs2 are probably the most advanced dedicated ghost hunting gear so once you get the hang of those i mean you're already pretty far along and it doesn't take much to pick up on that's those. true even i can figure it out so that's pretty impressive yes. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of times you know i'll, I'll but, send uh, you some gadgets Oh, yes. Yay. Um, so what kind of training um, should a tech manager have? Okay. So from the uh, basics. Or go through, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, in the basic parts of it, I mean, we'll start with the basic um, with the basic equipment, which would be digital audio recorders, a still camera, uh, a mel meter, and stuff like that. It, it's just important to be like a power user at first, just to make sure you can go through and do all the settings, uh, get your files off of it. Um, how to do some basic troubleshooting for the device. I mean, most of the time, it's just going to be change the batteries, right? But sometimes mm -hmm. you have problems with um, SD card formatting because uh, you can't have that on a live investigation if you got a chip that that fails. Uh, you're not going to get yeah. any data, and we can't. We, you just can't have that. So mm -hmm. I would say for the first six months and stuff like that, it's just focused on basic equipment and troubleshooting that equipment. And a lot of people are really getting to know how to use the equipment because Mel meters, and then this is beyond the K2, okay, and a ghost meter, like the actual Mel 8704R, it can do a lot of stuff. It has a lot of different settings that you know yeah, have to understand. It does. And if you do <laughs> spirit boxes, I mean, we don't, but for, for the folks that do want to use the spirit boxes, understand how radio frequencies work, even though that's kind of, there, there's a little bleed over with the evidence analysts. Um, and it helps to know what they're going to do simply because you're going to have people that don't know how to do the sweeping or believe me, a PS seven, the spirit box seven is notorious for going wonk, you know, bonkers. <laughs> it's not necessarily <laughs> the best made. <laughs> <laughs> so it's if, possessed by a yeah, demon. Yeah, it's possessed by a demon coming through the radio waves. <laughs> yes, um, you never know. <laughs> yeah, so it's really the first part of it is is troubleshooting. When it gets to to the advanced, you know, this is where you're making 
equipment. And I, like I said, I don't make equipment. I just know how to use it and fix it. <laughs> if something cool, goes though. wrong. <laughs> um, and that's the case where you'll have to know how to open up a lot of the gadgets. The, the one bad thing is with a lot of the new gadgets, they use the 3D printing. Some of those oh, can be tricking yeah. to open. And when you do open I have it, one of those. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When you do open them, a lot of times you'll rip cords, wires, mm-hmm. and stuff. And you'll have to know how to replace that stuff and what kind of wires to use. And they're not coughing up their electrical uh, schematics and how they made that thing. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. So um, there's that. But um, yeah, I, re- I really say the training for the tech manager is more about becoming a really good power user of what we do have right no the ins uh, and outs of all uh, the all of that yep. what are the common problems with it because gadgets do go haywire and this is especially true with like the eddie plus and even the gs2 where it's collecting so many different data points they very easily get overwhelmed and the processors in them and stuff get confused and you know you just get all the lights going off bells and whistles you know, alerts, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And you have to know how to reset it, all that stuff. Because that's going to happen. You don't know how many times I've had an Eddie Plus that just went batshit bonkers. Because there's an EMF (laughs) spike with a temperature drop. There was the vibration and it just gets hung up. Ah! And it's like, really, you don't have a demon from hell coming through a portal. (laughs) It's just the gadget's a little overwhelmed at the time. (laughs) And you have to know, you have to be able to tell the difference. What? That's what they want you to think, though. They want you to think that nothing is coming through. It's just a technical glitch. <laughs> just a te- yes, 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 yes. So so how does the tech manager decide which gadgets to use? Okay, so this comes straight out of the walkthrough and mm-hmm. the evidence um, and witness reports. Well, I shouldn't say evidence. We don't really have evidence at this time. Right. Um but from the interviews and even the, um, I'll call it the haunted history of the location, um, you'll go through and the lead investigator and case manager will talk about what kind of phenomena is happening. So if it's visual, you know, you're going to have to set up cameras. If it's a lot of phantom footsteps, you know, if it's auditory in nature, then you know you're going to go heavy on the microphones. Because right. really, with ghost hunting... It's about proving a ghost is there. Right. It's not about clearing a ghost <clears throat> or helping a family with bad mojo. Um, it's really, is, is there a ghost? So you have to have the things that would capture that evidence. Um, so, you know, there's a new things like a geophone for vibration. You know, if they say if there's footsteps... There might be vibration, so you need to get that. And one of the things I would say for a technical manager to think about is you want three data points for the phenomena. Okay? So what does that mean? Well, if we're talking about shadow figures, I mean, it is just... There can be no other uh, changes in the environment other than the shadow coming. So how do you get three data points as an example? Well, video camera, for sure right? Anything that's visual could be a laser grid with it. And you've seen like on your Mel meter, you've got the red light that comes out. You know, if you've got additional camera, great. Uh, Another thing you can do that records visual information. Let me see here. Like I said, three data points. So you do video camera, probably a laser grid. 
still, yeah, I mean, it might be different cameras. Normally when I do an investigation, I'll record, I'll have the primary camera in infrared and or full spectrum. And then I'll have a normal light camera because if you're doing the red light from your millimeter, you just have that or a laser grid, you're going to want to use a normal light camera to show it better. And I would say that's that's the big thing is make sure you've got three different gadgets or devices that can confirm that type of phenomena. Um, so I use shadow figure, but let's just say if you have EVPs, like direct voice phenomena, which you can hear with your ear, or you've got the EVPs, try out different three different digital recorders. And one can be on your camera. A lot of cameras have high-powered mics. Then you've got, you know, maybe a Zoom H1N going, and then maybe someone just has a regular digital recorder. You've got one of those ambisonic recorders as well. But you want to get three different cameras. Right. And actually, we just did it, well, it's about a month ago now. It spooked in Seattle where we got a Class A EVP, and it was picked up on the two video cameras and the two audio recorders That's awesome. as well. So you got four data points getting the same EVP at the same time. It was stronger on one of the camera um, cameras that we used, but all of them picked it up. So that's a pretty good one because it was clear on four different audio recording devices. So that, that would be something that would hold up. Mind you, no environmental awesome. changes were picked up. And the other interesting thing, and oh, so the, <laughs> this is kind of bleeding into the evidence analyst as I ramble a little bit, but just That's a pro okay. tip, pro tip, a lot of EVPs, you hear them very clearly, but if you have them in Audacity, if you have the audio file in Audacity or in GarageBand, it won't generate a waveform. Hmm. So that was really interesting with the past few Class A EVPs that we've had. And remember, we just had one the other night when mm -hmm. I put the audio into Audacity and GarageBand. And June, you've heard it. We won't. It's on ghostlyactivities.com. Yes. There was mm -hmm. no waveform with it. Just yeah, like that's the one really that I got for. Yeah, I have noticed that yeah. with a couple of. Yeah, there uh, have been a few. I, I've noticed that too. But mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that's, that's why really you got to listen. Because a lot of folks yeah. want to cheat and go right to the different little blip yeah, waveforms exactly. and stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's mm. what I've told people. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't I do was that. Like, yeah, because that's happened to me several times too, where, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, I think, well, I'll just kind of skip through and, you know, everything. But then I'm like, well, I better listen to it. And then sure enough, mm -hmm. I had a really, you know, that's when I got my one EVP too of, um, the when this woman was talking about she was leaving the room to go get some coffee on our investigation mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you hear a very clear i want it hmm. and very clear and um yeah but that had no Correct. wave no waveforms at all so yeah, yeah it was really really fascinating because yeah we look into the theory for saying a ghost is doing something that manipulates the electromagnetic spectrum and imprints on mm -hmm. the device there is no sound is a physical wave. So if you do get a big waveform that you think is an EVP, it's probably a natural cause. Maybe. 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 But yeah. If but it's a manipulation of electromagnetic EM, you know, EM mm -hmm. to imprint on a digital recorder or whatever recorder you have, there would be no wave associated with that. Hmm. Yeah, it's true. It does happen a lot, but mm -hmm. every once in a while, though, 
Yeah, sometimes you, know, you do. But even I, the ones you when you hear the ones with your own ears. Yeah, that's true. And sometimes, yeah, you won't get away for that either, even though you heard it. Um, I went to like, yeah, look on that again. Now yeah. that you said that, I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh. So yeah. when I I just and this I don't know why I didn't realize this before. I guess I just assumed that the wave is too small to really see. So you mm -hmm. know, I zoom in on that section of the audio recording. Right. And I didn't see a wave, not even a blip. And I went back to the universe, uh, University Heights Center EVPs that I have in the USS Turner Joy EVPs. Mm -hmm. And I checked out those files. There was no waveform with them either. Oh, wow. So now I'm going to have to go back and check some of mm -hmm. mine. That's yeah. really interesting. And then, there, you know, there's some sometimes where you could get a waveform, but it could be people walking down the hall. And mm -hmm. so the footsteps will generate one. So you could get the EVP because there's other physical sound phenomena happening in the area. Right. So that's something to look out for too. But in the case of the one EVP um, at Spooked in Seattle and the one that Christelle and Jill got, um, there is no wave form associated. They were cool. quiet at the time that it happened. Nice. So. Mm -hmm. Very uh, cool. Yes. So um, what about, does the tech manager just keep inventory and maintenance of gadgets? What, what all does that involve? Okay, so with inventory, it's, it, that's just making sure what goes out on a ghost hunt comes back on a ghost hunt. Yes, <laughs> very important, yeah. very important. Yeah, so especially if you own the gear, because a lot of times the technical manager is like, it's their gear. <laughs> and you want yeah. to make sure you get back all of your expensive gadgets from folks. And then other times, like with a ghost, you know how we have those trunks full of gear. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. You want to make sure that stuff gets up. And, you know, sometimes you loan it out. Sometimes you just give it over it. But it's important to keep track of the inventory so yes. you know what you got. Um, Ross actually makes me take a picture of the case before you know, I bring it to an investigation and then look at the picture to make sure everything is in its place. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> Just that's, and, and that's and this is gets tricky, especially when you've got a really big team. It gets much harder and you've got a lot of gear. It gets much more difficult to keep track yeah. of all the gear unless you're really coordinating things. So, I mean, I because I bring my own gear if I loan it out, you know, I'm pretty consistent about pretty you know insistent i get everything oh, definitely back. <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely um and then when it comes to the maintenance is just make sure like you don't have to change the batteries during an investigation <laughs> you want to make sure yeah. everything's charged up you know the sd cards are formatted it's kind of nice mm -hmm. to have a checklist when it comes to prepping for yeah. your ghost town. But like I said, if you've worked really with is. a case manager. Because it's really irritating that when you, you know, get there and realize you haven't prepared well enough mm -hmm. or, you know, you didn't uh, put SD cards in your gadgets. Mm -hmm. yep. Not saying I'm speaking of, you know, experience or anything, but <laughs> yeah. it really does suck <laughs> when you aren't prepared. Yeah, and, and the <laughs> yeah. other thing is making sure everyone is trained up as part of that because right. – Exactly. Like I, I do heavy video cameras and I've got little camcorders that people want to use the handout, but they have to know how to use it. They have to know like, oh, I want to take a picture of this because most likely the people recording things are not going to do the video editing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So if they want True. a picture, they have to know how to use it. 
you know, there's lots of people that are technically illiterate and they screw mm-hmm. up the cameras just by pressing stuff because they think it means something that it doesn't. <laughs> right. So that's why before anyone gets it, you have to make sure you have a good training program on it before you send them out. Now, you know, if people bring their own gear and stuff, I would say tech manager, that's on the investigators to deal with all that crap then because it's theirs. Um, mm-hmm. But still, it, you should know how to use a REM pod. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If a REM exactly. pod's part of the really experiment, just every the basic, just the basics. You know, yeah. if you, if you just know how these things work and know how to set them up, that is the most important. You mm-hmm. know. Yep. And the tech manager <laughs> will know. Like if you order some, yeah. if you're an investigator, you order some equipment. Your tech manager probably knows how to use it. You know, if they've been so doing this for a good three work, to five Jake? years. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, yeah. what does this button do? Uh-huh. You're like, don't press it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> So does a tech manager do any reporting? Um, I Like I said, probably for the new Whizbang gadgets, probably, you know, paragraph blurb about how it works and stuff. But I would say the evidence collected by it, that's still for the investigator or evidence analyst to do. Because mm-hmm. we're a firm believer that the lead investigator should write the reports. Yes, yes, that's true. Unless you're me. Well, yes, <laughs> but you know, you, 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 you know. I write my, write I, I wrote reports. reports. For everything. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all awesome. about doc- documentation, people, yes. documentation. Exactly. <laughs> well, um, now I wonder about this one. Does a tech manager acquire the new gear? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, just in Jake's case. <laughs> yeah. Um, in general, does a tech manager acquire the new gear? <laughs> so, uh, let me. The official answer. Okay. Yes. Is hopefully there's some kind of dues paid by the ghost hunting team that will be used to pay for equipment. Mm-hmm. From there, we can look at. Um, what kind, it's really, it's like, what kind of evidence do we want to get? Do we see different trends in ghost hunting? Do we have the proper gear to record that phenomena? Or is there more advanced gear that can help record that phenomena? From that, you know, the tech manager would look at that problem statement, go out, review, look for different equipment that would solve that problem of data collection. Mm -hmm. And then say, I recommend gadgets X, Y, Z, the lead investigator or the case manager, whoever controls the purse strings, would then either purchase it unless they just say, hey, tech manager, we've got like a group, you know, yeah. group account. You have a dollar twenty-five left. Yeah, we've got, yeah, <laughs> you, we've got a PayPal, can, you know, here, use yeah. the PayPal to acquire the equipment and stuff like that. Um, because then it belongs to the group. The tech manager would just learn how mm-hmm. to use it and then show everyone uh, on that gadget and stuff. And then there's me. And I just go yeah. ahead and buy some new shit and try to, to break it and debunk it. Not break it as in break it, break it, but yeah. see what break the flaws in. are in the gadget. <laughs> yes. So you can then, like me, I publish gadget reviews all the time and the mm-hmm. use cases that it works. And there's some gadgets that I love to use indoors, like an Eddy Plus or my favorite, my new favorite gadgets, the GS2 laser grid system. I'm... I'm yeah, I'm recommending awesome. folks get it. It's still pricey, and but it is a bust in outdoor settings. So mm. you know that's not a gadget to bring. <laughs> okay, it's good to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, because I I on my side I do equipment reviews and stuff like that. As a tech manager, I've, I've got a lot of gear and stuff, and so I'm going to tell you if it's worth your money or not. Um, but that's that's a me thing. Normally, it right, should right, be exactly. 
you know, <laughs> lead investigator, case manager, yes, yes. talks about cases, you know. Brings it up to the group in whole with our group. You know, yeah. usually that's kind of what happens. They're like, okay, you know, there's this is an awesome gadget. I think our group needs to purchase this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then we're like, okay, let's see if we have the money to do it and the funds to do it. Yeah, and, or you can do a quick Venmo because if you've got a big enough team, most of the gadgets, unless you're going to do like the – XCAM SLS that goes for like twelve, thirteen hundred bucks. But let's just say you want an SLS connect. Uh, mm -hmm. It's about four hundred bucks, okay. Mm. And then you need a different. You need to add on an SD card to it, so that adds like another ten bucks, and then you have shipping and tax. But if you got ten members, we're looking at forty bucks a head, and then it's right. with the group forever. So I'm like, you know, you're gonna have a long time if you're doing a lot of. Fit trying to record a lot of visual and physical phenomena, probably worthwhile to acquire for the team. Side note, I've debunked the SLS, but I'm just using this as an example. I don't recommend right. an SLS in most cases. <laughs> yes. um, but, you know, you could divvy up among the members. If you got a lot of members, we got a lot of members. I mean, it's like five bucks a head, 10 bucks a head. That's true. That's and true. And then it's That's very affordable hmm. to acquire the gear. So I, I would do a more democratic um approach to it but really uh, you know a lot idea. of people are so this is the one thing that's really interesting about the ghost hunting field and i'm not slamming i'll just say i'm not slamming anyone it's just an observation we got a lot of people that are afraid of technology mm -hmm. <laughs> that's so, true so they want to keep it to like the basic things you just turn it on and a light flickers kind of thing or you, you hit the record button and that's all you have to worry about um, a lot of those gadgets are prone to uh, ghost confirmation bias. And they'll mm -hmm. say everything's like a ghost. That's very good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything's a ghost. <clears throat> like if you want a ghost here, use this piece of equipment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's certain gear, and you see a lot of them on the ghosty shows, <laughs> that mm -hmm. will say there's a ghost there. But if you're using some other gear, you know, it would say, it would contradict the ghostly mm. phenomenon but you know a lot of people you know there's hobby ghost hunting we're just going for the thrill and then you have paranormal research where you're trying to prove a ghost is there the gear right. that we use on a ghost is more centered around paranormal research and debunks a lot of bullshit cool and then i debunk a lot of bullshit but that's me yes you do that <laughs> was very awesome um so let's just say does a tech manager make any gear well they can yeah um i like, I'm not an electrical engineer by any means, or a mechanical engineer. So, I mean, really, at the end of the day, I'm just a big power user of all the gear. I know the ins and outs, mm -hmm. use cases for it and stuff like that. But I, I think it's helpful to have someone that knows how to make gadgets and repair gadgets. Um, and it's going to be based on what kind of phenomena you record. So we've got a member, Chad, who's an actual scientist, and he makes hit a lot of gear on the side um you know but he he spent years in college for that stuff um, right <laughs> and i think it's helpful to have that uh capability on the team and i had a ghost we don't have anyone well other than chad right we don't have anyone that makes custom gear and stuff but at the end of the day it everything's just going to be about uh recording anomalies in the environment so you know, right. unless, you know, we only have so much visible wavelength of light, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, <laughs> no one can, like, tr see into the netherverse, okay? So, 
that's I'll like let f- physicists figure that out right now. Cool. Well, I mean, those are kind of basically all the questions I have. Do you have anything else you'd like to add about being a tech manager? Yes. So we talked a lot about this. Um, I'll just go with like a kind of advice section for folks. Okay. And let me, one thing, like we didn't really go into a lot of training and certification. I think that's really crucial to make sure the investigators know how to use the gear well. And that goes from using the cameras to how to set up the Eddy Plus, um, even how to set up some experiments, because crazy shit happens on a ghost hunt, and you have to be able to look at your gear, know how it's used, and then set it up for the experiment on the fly. You know, right. So, for example, let's just use the Walker Ames house, even though I went prepared, because I knew about the attic in that place, and it's really more physical phenomena than anything. We started mm-hmm. to get toys moving. And stuff. Mm-hmm. So that means you it's need so awesome. visual and a geophone, which does vibration. And so, like an Eddie Plus and a full spectrum or infrared camera works just great. But normally we went up there and we were just going to do EVP uh, as, as the big thing. And then shit started moving around. So you move the cameras, right. <laughs> you set up the Eddie Plus, you put things around, you know. But if you didn't know an Eddie Plus, had a geophone to detect vibration, and now we've got a footstep tracker. You know, you have to know that you gotta yell, "Hey, Jake, get me a G- get me a footstep tracker," you know, and run it up and stuff like that. So I think that's very important. Everyone knows the use cases for the gear. Every every investigator should know how to adapt their methods as new evidence comes rolling in, and I think that's firmly on the tech manager to tell them what you can use your gadgets for. Okay. Good. Um, so let me get to my advice. I've got, I'll put a link to this. I wrote up all the, um, I I wrote all this stuff up on a post on ghostly activities. Um, but if you just search for paranormal technical manager duties, it should pop right up. Um, okay. I'm just going to go through the highlights here for the tech manager. So make sure you understand how to use the equipment before you take the role. So generally I would recommend apprenticing under someone that's the current tech manager. So like an investigator or even a case manager and stuff like that, or an evidence analyst. I think tech managers and evidence analysts kind of should be learning from each other all the time because that those are the more technical roles on a team. And if you can't find someone, there's a lot of YouTube videos, you know, reply to this podcast and I can give you some links to the really good ones because um, there's some people that are just out there bullshitting, okay? Mm-hmm. Most of them deal yeah. with the SLS Connect, okay? <clears throat> but if not, there are some books on paranormal tech. Most of them are getting pretty dated now, though. But one of the big ones is Strange Frequencies. I would recommend that one. Then you're not in charge of anyone's batteries in the field. They know how to bring Duracells. Okay. Right. If someone exactly. says my battery's died, you can say you're the dumb one that didn't put the pack of double A's in your pocket before you went out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if it's a small team, and a small team, I would say is less than six people total. Um, I would have the investigators bring their own equipment. It's simply because you don't have the resources, most likely, to acquire sure. a bunch of gear, and then just as a mandatory, everyone should have a digital audio recorder 
You know, right. it could be the $30 Sony one. You could use your phone. Um, it's just, you know, it's not, you, you just, you don't have the resources. You probably don't have the training stuff with a, right. a, a smaller team and stuff. Um, and if you do have someone that wants to use some more advanced gear, then make sure you go through the training certification and they know how to use it. I, I will say when it comes to investigators using gear, if you split off into teams of two, like we do journaling, I almost want three people to go together because you're going to have one person do all the journaling. You're going to have one yeah. person with an audio recorder that can do the EVPs. You got one person that's holding the camera. Because it's yeah, kind of hard to I do would, EVP and hold a camera and journal, you know? Yeah, I would prefer that also. Yeah. Definitely. That's um, like for the walkthroughs, too. I really mm -hmm. enjoy having somebody sitting with me so they can monitor the equipment and, I mean, the, mm -hmm. you know, everything that's being used while I'm interviewing, you know, the client. Yeah. So it's it's just much nicer. Mm -hmm. And and the other thing is if you do bring some other gadgets like a REM pod, Eddie Plus, GS2, You've got the camera person there, and they can just point it at those gadgets, you know, and then you get a better um, data collection pool right there. But it, it's really hard to do EVP and do video, and you have to do both, okay? Right. So, invest uh, technical manager, you don't get to investigate. <laughs> <laughs> so, during the live ghost hunt, uh, there will be plenty of stuff to troubleshoot and set up for the next one. Um, and make sure, like, if you've got a mobile base where you've got, like, four to eight infrared cameras going, pumping into a screen, you're going to spend all of your time trying to fix this stuff. So, for example, mm -hmm. let's just take the American Cancer Center or Society investigation. Like, we should there was so much gear there. There should have been – we did not just do a stand tech standalone tech manager and stuff. There was plenty of a person to run around and check on throughout the night. Um, right. It was a big building and stuff. So we probably – I, in this case, it was me. I probably should not have investigated. I should have just maintained the cameras and all the other little experiments that were going on. Because um, you, you'll be distracted if you're investigating and trying to troubleshoot all the gear and make sure everything's working. Okay. That's true. Because you have to randomly go around and check things and dust off cameras and all that stuff. <laughs> Um, if you recommend new equipment, you have to make sure your team can afford it or you can afford it and you have to know how to use it correctly. No thermal imaging equipment until you understand it and you have a reason to use it. So again, with visual evidence, this would be, could be one of the three data points I insist on. Okay. Um, if you're in a pinch, go with a millimeter digital auto audio recorder and a digital camera that can do at least 30 minutes of video recording. You'll right. always be fine with these. The digital camera can be normal light. Just remember, you can't go lights out. Okay. Right. Have a light on that, that camera. Because you know what? Exactly. Ghosts understand light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're not going to be scared off by a little mm -hmm. light. <laughs> okay. Turn the flashlight on. And they're like, ah! Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> yeah, you know, no. you never know. If it's a ghost from like the 1600s and stuff, they'll be like, <laughs> what kind of strange torch is this that you bought? <laughs> um, the other gadgets are nice to have, but really you got your three data points right there. You got, right. you've got environmental anomalies. You've got the audio for an EVP captured and you've got the visual part, three data points right there. Cool. Um, so most people-related issues with equipment is caused by improper training. So if they 
break it, you know, because they're just fiddling around with it or they don't know how it uses. And sometimes, like, cameras go to sleep and people don't necessarily know where the power button is. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan, especially for the camcorders and cameras out there and the GS2s, the more complicated gadgets, you need to have a certification program. I will say with the GS2 and Eddie Plus, because they do do a lot of different environmental factors, um, there's a lot of metrics involved with it. People should know what it means. That's true. You know, That's true. and when this light blinks, if it's a big yeah. deal or not a big deal, you know. Otherwise, you get, ah, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, dude, the pressure dropped by two tenths or like point two <laughs> because someone opened a door that happens. Right. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> um, it's good to know. Um, this might be controversial and I really don't care. Um, don't give psychic investigators anything more than an audio recorder. Mm-hmm. Kind of the tech pulls them out of their environment. Really, this kind of thing. This is a case where it's like you just hit record and let them do their thing on the audio recorder. Don't don't saddle them with a bunch of other gear. That's okay. true. For one thing, they could they, see like they are right. I was going to say because they are basically, if they are you know real and true, they are kind of being used as a tool themselves. Mm-hmm. You yep. know. And I I wouldn't bring out all the big flashing light things with them because as soon as it goes off, you know, you've got psychics who really aren't that psychic. And they're like, oh, my God, Zozo is here. And he wants to eat (laughs) your soul. And I'm like, because the REM pod went (sighs) off. And I'm like, that's a gnat flew into Mm -hmm. the area. So like (laughs) I said, a lot of these gadgets that we're we're talking about with all the blinking lights do not work outside. So if we're going to do an outside investigation, this is where I'm like... You know, thermal camera, video camera. Yeah, audio recorders are pretty shitty because sounds that you can't hear float in all the time. Right. So I'm like, if you're going to do an outside ghost hunt, I am almost like just stick to visual video recorders. Uh, because especially nothing. a thermal camera if you're in the woods because yeah. you never know what kind of creatures are lurking around it, out there at least yeah. you can see a little red uh-huh. ball of you know fluff coming yeah. at you so yeah and thermal <laughs> cameras are really well made for outdoor environments so mm-hmm. and, yeah. this, and like i said you don't need to do the like we have this massive what 10 or twenty thousand dollars thermal camera thing mm-hmm. um like a FLIR one pro will do you good <laughs> right exactly and and they're made to work outside like that uh, and the uh, video recorders are a big thing everything else probably you're going to end up debunking it um right. and then let's see um oh yes this is good advice it takes longer than you think to set up the tech and get it to work if you yeah, think it'll it take does. 30 minutes it's an hour oh. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then expect it to stop working <laughs> Uh, and this just helps you troubleshoot with it. So while you're learning and stuff like that, just assume it's going to break and, and think, okay, how do I get this thing restarted? How do I fix this problem with it? And just go through that all the time with your gadgets. Um, good advice. And then most failures happen in the last hour of the investigation. (laughs) Just when things start to roll in, because you know, there's a a theory I wouldn't even call it a theory. It's really a hypothesis that a ghostly manifestation will screw up your electronics in your gadget. Sometimes you really wonder about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, Hmm. Yep. Uh, so always expect your video to fail and it could be the battery dies unexpectedly or the video card fills up. Um, sooner than you think it will, because that can happen, especially if you have audio, you're using an external mic, um, that can, it's, it's a higher 
file size when you have external mics on it so it goes faster. So rule of thumb, if you're shooting at 30 frames per second and you've got an external mic like a Rode and stuff like that, expect um, four and a half gigs every 20 minutes. Okay, mm -hmm. so look at your card. So if you're going to do a four-hour investigation, <clears throat> um, you know, you got 20 minutes, three, you're going to do 12 gigs or more. That's good. That's really good to know. Mm -hmm. hmm. um, and like I usually shoot at 30 frames per second within it. So I'm going off what I know with my gear, but really every, it's four and a half gigs for about 15 minutes, 20 minutes, depending on what's going on. Um, and then for books, I am say if you're going to learn, I have a list of books for you to check out. Not all of them deal specifically with gear. But just good to know for the tech manager, you got Strange Frequencies by Craig Talesha, Ultimate Ghost Hunter, Vince Wilson, though I would asterisk this one, Vince is a little hyperbolic, EVP Lab 1.0, John Gruber, The Art and Science of Paranormal Investigation by Jeff Dwyer, Ghost Hunting for Beginners, Rich Newman, and this is really, that's more of a straight up investigator book, but he touches on equipment, uh, so you want to host. If, so you want to hunt ghosts, a down-to-earth guide by Diana Kelly Said, and then picture yourself ghost hunting by Christopher Balzano. Mm. And if you really want to do the camera part of it, then you want his book picture. Uh, picture yourself capturing ghosts on film because it's all about cameras. Cool. And so that's that's my bit for tech managers out there. Very cool. I enjoy being well, thank a tech you, manager. I would be a yes. tech manager and evidence analyst all the time if I could. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be nice if we could have these as our full-time jobs? Mm-hmm. Of course, not me as a tech manager, but I'm just talking, you know, in general. <laughs> Paranormal investigating and, and going through all our footage. and I like that. I really enjoy that, actually. You know, I'm I'm kind of the weird I'm kind of a weird one. I I enjoy listening to the audio. I don't. Um, so yeah, like I know you, can I know do you don't. Yeah. <laughs> but I I really do enjoy it because it's like when you start to hear it, it's like oh. I know. I I will say every time you get an EVP, like you're like what? <gasps> and you get that little heart flutter and yes, you know exactly. the adrenaline picks up. And but you know you've listened to two hours of nothing before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like oh my god. Yes, I agree. But mm -hmm. thank you. That was awesome. Our next podcast is going to be about Gettysburg. Ooh, one of my favorite places. Yay. Yeah. So June's going to be the one that does more talking there. I think everyone likes listening to her more. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, so the next one is Gettysburg. And then after that, we'll go back to roles in a ghost hunting team. And we'll talk about the research manager and what they do mm. on the team. And that'll be part four of roles in a, a ghost hunting team. So with that, gentle listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Ghostly Activities podcast. Yes, thank you. If you are interested in joining a ghost and investigating the most haunted places in Seattle, Puget Sound, Washington State, the Pacific Northwest, the western half of the United States, the entire United <laughs> States, and overseas, <laughs> June... What should someone do? Well, you can just get on a ghost.org and there's a contact form in there and just contact me. Aces. I will drop that link in our show notes as well as June's email address. Please don't spam her. 
<laughs> and with that, I will bid everyone an adieu. Adieu. <laughs>